0: You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always calls you and I to triumph. We win in Christ, and I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Listen. Listen. I want to share with you today a lesson that I know, a teaching from the Word of God, I know it is going to bless your life. There's no doubt about it. I am certain beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to be blessed. I want to talk today from the subject, seeing life through the eyes of faith, seeing life through the eyes of faith. Our theme for this lesson is the law perspective. My background text is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, verses 17 through 18 in the New King James Version. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 through 18 in the New King James Version. And here the Apostle Paul is speaking. He says, for our light affliction we're talking about seeing life through the eyes of faith. We're talking about perspective. So what is perspective? Well, you know I like definitions. What is perspective? Perspective is the way you see things. The way you see things, people, the way you see yourself, The way you see events in your life is the way you see things, people, yourself, and events in your life. Perspective is your viewpoint. Now when we look at this text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 17 through 18, we see first the power of perspective. We see the power of perspective. Perspective, according to our text, determines the weight of our challenges in life. Perspective determines the weight. How heavy the weight of our challenges in life. Paul says, for our light affliction. Wow, what a statement. What a statement of faith. Our light affliction. Now, this is the person who gives his testimony in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 through 28. And he said that, five times he had been beaten with 39 stripes. He said three times he had been beaten with rods. He said one time I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. And then he goes on and on about how he was weary uh, and, and run down by thieves and robbers. And then in this text, he said for our light affliction, He says a light affliction. Why? Because perspective determines the weight of our challenges in life. But secondly, perspective, according to our text, determines the duration of our challenges in life. Paul says for our light affliction is but for a moment. That's the duration. The reason why things seem so long and it seemed like I'll never overcome and I'll never achieve and I'll never win and I'll always be going through. It has a lot to do with our perspective because perspective determines the duration of our challenges. But thirdly, just reading from the text, thirdly, perspective determines the ultimate outcome of our challenges in life. Perspective determines the ultimate outcome of our challenges in life. Listen to what Paul says. He said, for our light affliction, that's the weight, is but for a moment, that's duration, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And that's the ultimate outcome, God's glory. And when the word... Glory is used there. It speaks to God's presence, God's power, God's provision, God's protection, and God's praise. Praise unto God. Now, there's a key, though. There's a key. Listen at the text. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. And then it says, wow, that's the condition. while We do not look at the things which are seen. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So the Bible says that there's a condition that our affliction will be light just for a moment and will work for us while and the word while there means when, when we look at the things which are not seen, when we look at the things which are not seen, when we look at the things which are not seen. Now, let's talk about the three assumptions that we can get from the text and I'm, I'm deriving all this insight just from the text. There's a third, let's look at the three assumptions of perspective. The first, I'll give you an overview and then we'll come back. The first assumption is that we have two set of eyes. The second assumption is that things exist in two forms. And then the third assumption is that there are two worlds. The first assumption, that we get from the text, is that we have two sets of eyes, verse 18. It tells us that we are to look at things, not look at things which are seen, so that we have the natural eyes, our natural eyes in our body. And through our natural eyes, we see seen things. Things that are visible Then there must be another set of eyes Our spiritual eyes Which enable us to see things Which are not seen So we're looking through our natural eyes Or we're looking through our spiritual eyes The second assumption is that Things exist in two forms Things exist in two forms Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen, things which are seen, things which are visible were not made of things which do appear. So we see that there are things that are seen, seeing things, visible things. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we have in juxtaposition here two kinds of things, things that exist in the visible realm. They're seen things right now. As I talk to you, I'm sitting on a chair, and no doubt you're sitting, possibly, somewhere listening uh, to this podcast. Maybe you're sitting on the sofa at home, sitting in the kitchen, or maybe you're sitting in your office at work or you're sitting in your car, but you're sitting on a seen thing. It's something that you can see, something that you can touch, something that you can contact with your natural eyes. But the scripture teaches us that things exist in another form. There are things that are not seen, things that are not visible. For example, God sits on his throne. We know it from scripture. We never physically seen it with our eyes, but the scripture reveals to us that God is sitting on a throne. Now the chair that you're sitting on, the seat that you're sitting on, the seat that I'm sitting on is a seen thing, but the throne that God is sitting on is an unseen thing. It's an invisible thing. But that thing that's not seen, God's throne is as real as the seat that I'm sitting on, the seat that you're sitting on. The third assumption is that there are two worlds. We know this to be true from the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter one. There is the world of the spirit, the invisible world of the spirit. It's called heaven. It's where God lives. The invisible world of the spirit. Is where God lives. It's called heaven. And then there is the visible natural world called earth. It's where we live. Heaven, earth. God lives in heaven. We live on earth. So there are two worlds. Now here's the beauty. Remember this. This this is the beauty of this whole teaching, seeing through the eyes of faith. The true source of our supply, your supply, my supply, our supply as believers, the true source and the origin of our supply is not in this earth. It's not in this world Sure, it'll come through the world to us, but the origin, the source of our supply is God. And God lives in an invisible world called heaven. And our supply comes from God. In fact, he said in the Philippians 4, 19, he says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, how, is, how does that help us? Wow, that really helps us because no matter what is happening in the earth, this natural visible world, there may be deprivation, there may be famine, there may be recession, there may be depression, there may be a pandemic, there may be all kinds of things in this natural world, lack and scarcity and want in this natural world. But you and I are not limited to this natural world and that should bring great joy to you. It brings great joy to me that my resources for successful living is not dictated by this earth, but my God shall supply. All your need, all my need, not according to the earth supply, not according to the United States, not according to the government, not according to our jobs, but my God shall supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We have to see life through the eyes of faith, And how do we do that? How do we see into that invisible realm? How do we see in? How do we know what we have in that invisible realm? Because we can't contact it with our natural eyes. Well, God gave us his word. God gave us his word and the word of God gives us insight to what is happening in That spirit world, you know, we, um, recently bought a new television and really all of your televisions now have a guide. You push a little button and it pops up a guide. And even though you're on one station, the guide lists out what's happening on the other stations. So even though we're on channel six or 32 or 42 or 67 or 68 or 206, we can see what's going on on the other stations through the guide. So God has given us his word so that we will have a guide so that we will know. Because we on station earth, we can see what's happening in the earth. But God has given us a guide, his word, so we can see what's on in station heaven. We can see what we have in station heaven, if you get the analogy. Now, I want to begin my closing. (laughs) I want to begin my closing by talking about the effects of perspective. The effects of perspective. Now, perspective determines our attitude, perspective determines our motivation, our behavior, our outlook, and our endurance. I'll say that again. The effects of perspective is that perspective will actually impact our attitude. Our perspective impacts our attitude, our motivation, our behavior, our outlook, our endurance. I'll give you a, 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 cu- a couple of examples. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 6 verses 14 through 17, that's 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 14 through 17 And if you read the whole chapter, the scripture says that the the king of Syria was really trying to capture Elijah, the prophet Elisha, because Elisha was giving the Israelites whereabouts about or strategies concerning what the Syrians were trying to do. So whenever the Syrians would attack Israel, Elisha, the prophet, would tell the king of Israel what the Syrians were doing. So the Syrians couldn't attack Israel successful because the, the prophet Elisha was actually ex- sharing through a word of knowledge the, the, the plots and the strategies of the Syrians. So the king of Syria found out where Elisha was. He was down in Dothan. And he took his whole army to Dothan and surrounded the city with all his army troops. Well, the servant of Elisha, they all went to bed one night and the servant of Elisha got up early that morning, went outside, get wood, water. And while he was gathering the uh, wood and getting the water to prepare for breakfast, he looked up and he saw. A host of Syrian troops all around him. Oh, my goodness. He was frightened. He dropped the water, He dropped the wood for the fire. He ran in the house, he was frantic, he was terrified. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Master, what are we gonna do? Master, what are we gonna do? And the master didn't know what, hey, wait! what's going on, what's going on? I just don't know what we're gonna do, I just don't. He said, settle down, settle down, settle down, tell me. He says, I went outside to gather the wood, like you told me, and to, to get the water. And I looked up and I saw all the Syrian armies, they were surrounding us and I, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. And he said, settle down, servant. And then he prayed a little prayer. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Now, that's a strange thing to say. Open his eyes that he may see. It was his open eyes that saw the troops around him. What God what Elisha was talking about open up his spiritual eyes so he can see in that other world. And God opened the servant's eyes and he saw angels, a host of fiery chariots, angels all around the enemy troops. And it settled him down because perspective what you're looking at, how you're seeing has a lot to do with your attitude. Your motivation has a lot to do with your behavior and your outlook. All of a sudden, he was no longer terrified. He had a hopeful outlook because of what he saw. The Bible says that Moses endured in Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. 27, says he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, as I close this lesson out, I want to share with you three prophetic truths, three prophetic truths. These truths have been a blessing to me in my life. I'll give you all three. Come back and briefly look at each one of them. The first prophetic truth is this. Just because it looks like you're losing doesn't mean you are. We'll come back and talk about that. The second prophetic truth is God is bigger than time. The third prophetic truth is God can catch you up even though you're far behind. Now, let's look at these three prophetic truths. These are truths that God has proven in my life. I have walked through these truths. I know that these truths are uh, truth, real, and prophetic in that they apply to you. Let's look at this first prophetic truth. Just because it looks like you're losing doesn't mean that you are. Oh, I can't tell you how that's blessed my life. When we look in the Bible, Sarah gave birth to a child at 90 years old. Can you imagine the years she tried to have a baby? Now, her and her husband did not leave going to the land that God promised to. she was 65 years old. Abraham was 75. Now, think about it. She was barren for 65 years. Well, naturally, you know, for all her life, she was barren. That's a long time. And then once they obeyed God, God gave Abraham and her a promise that they were going to have a child. And think about it. I'm talking about another 25 years before they had the child. Think about what was going on in their minds when they looked at their life and no children. Think about how she felt. It looked like she was losing. And that's the way it is sometimes. It's like, it looks like we're losing. Think about Moses. Think about Moses. He, The Bible says that it came into his heart Around age 40, when he was in Egypt, that he was to deliver God's people. So he got a word from God. He made some mistakes in trying to make it happen on his, in his flesh. And he ended up fleeing Egypt. And he was in a shepherd over Jethro, his father-in-law's sheep, for the next 40 years. So think about this. For 40 years, you had this word. That you were going to deliver the people, and for forty years, there's no deliverance. They still in bondage. It looked just like Moses was losing. And when I look at my life, when I look at my life, man, I, you know, I have this statement that I needed a crop in every field. I needed a crop spiritually. I was struggling spiritually. I was struggling in my marriage. I was struggling in my health. I was struggling emotionally. I was struggling financially. It looked like for years that it was not working. But the Lord God showed me in his word and and communicated to me that just because you, it looked like you're losing, Doesn't mean you are. That's why we have to see life through the eyes of faith. And God turned my life around spiritually and mentally and physically and socially and financially. God turned my marriage around because it looked like I was losing, but not from God's vantage point. God never told me I was losing. God never told me that, but it looked like. The second prophetic truth is God is bigger than time. He's bigger than time. Zechariah and Elizabeth were elderly before they had John the Baptist. They were elderly. It looked like time had run run out, but God was bigger than time. Moses was 80 years old before his ministry started. 80 years old, it looked like time was running out. I think about when my kids were young and and they grew up and we wanted our kids to go to college. And usually you have this program that you invest money in for the child's education. My wife, her nickname is Pete. We were struggling, so we didn't have any money to save for them to go to college. So here they are. It's time for them to go to college. We have not saved any money, and it looked like time had run out on them, on us. But guess what? They both finished college and they both finished college without any college debt. Why? Because God is bigger than time. It may look like you've run out. It may look like you don't have much time. God is bigger than time. And then the third final prophetic truth, and I want you to get this, is God can catch you up, even though. You're far behind. God can catch you up, even though you're far behind. I think about Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and chapter 2. I think about Hannah, and she was in the temple crying and praying because she couldn't have children. She couldn't have children. And the high priest saw her crying, and he thought she was drunk. He said, what's wrong with you, woman? She said, I just want a child. I want a child. I want a child. And if God would just give me a child, I'll give him back to him. The high priest prophesied over her. And the next year she had a child named Samuel. She gave that child up to be raised in the temple as a prophet. And it looked like she was behind. But guess what? God blessed her with three sons and two daughters after Samuel. God has a way of catching you up. I remember when I uh, graduated from college and I was an honor student. I had it together academically. I was on every honor society and all that. And I remember graduating and, and then I ended up going to law school for a minute there. And it just seemed like I was struggling. I end up being a janitor, uh, for this department store. I would be sweeping floors, and I would be hiding because I didn't want people to see me, uh, doing what I was doing. Not because janitorial work is on. Un- worthy or anything like that. But I was—I had a, I, I had graduated and, and everybody thought I was going to be successful. And, and when I looked around because God had led me out of law school, it just looked like I was never going to be anything. And I looked at my friends and they seemed like they were doing so much better. Everybody, those who had graduated, they seemed like they were doing better. It, it, I felt like I was so behind. I look at ministry and, and some of the ministers they look better. They churches was growing. They dressed better. And it just looked like I was behind. But God can catch you up even when it seems like you're behind. And and God is my witness. Those people that I thought was doing so much better than me in life. And that's why we shouldn't compare. God has elevated me and blessed me where those people now look up to me God has a way. I used to feel like I was the lowest thing on the podium uh, in, in ministry. I would go to, I, I sit in the back. I, I go to ministerial meetings, not say anything because I felt so low. I felt so behind. It looked like I never was going to win, but God has a way to catch you up even when you are far behind. Now, I want you to go back and I want you to meditate. I know God is encouraging somebody. I know it in my spirit. I know it in my spirit. We have to learn to see life through the eyes of faith because you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be discouraged. If you're seeing life through your natural eyes, I trust that this has been a blessing to you. I trust that it's made a difference in your life. You can contact us and let us know how you're doing. I love you. I appreciate you spending this time with me.